Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Captivated Audience. My name is Sam Sheen, and I'm joined as always by my friend and colleague, Marilyn Berg. Today's guest on our podcast is Tomo Witt-Stanley. Marie, why don't you kick things off? Thank you, Sam. Welcome to the podcast, Tomo. Thank you. I'm curious about your professional background and where you currently work and in what jurisdiction you are based and covering. So my name is Tommy Winstanley. I'm currently working for Deutsche Bank. I head up uh, Transformation, which uh, is in the KYC space. I'm particularly interested in, in rebuilding the KYC platform for Deutsche Bank, uh, which is a global rollout. I currently reside in the UK, but as I previously alluded to, my current scope and remit is now global. Excellent. KYC transformation. Ah, that's a hot topic, I would imagine. Definitely so. I think there's a lot of institutions, whether it be tier one down to tier three, that have looked into KYC platforms. Um, As we have seen with the fifth money laundering directive in Europe, which was launched in uh, February this year, and also various task forces around the world, there's a heightened state of keenness for everybody to get KYC right. Uh, KYC, as we know, is know your clients, um, and it's directly related to anti-money laundering. So fundamentally, my remit today is looking at building a KYC platform that is policy compliant, that is process efficient, and that allows us to do business in multiple jurisdictions with multiple products. That's really interesting. Coming from the Nordics, where I've done mostly of my, my AML and KYC related work in, in the Northern Europe and, of course, the Nordics, EKYC is a huge thing because we up here, we love our electronic devices. We love our technology. We are using bank ID. We're using everything in order to make life banking so easy. Your take on EKYC, I would love to hear that. I think EKYC and the digital domain are something that we seriously need to exploit in the next two to three years. The main reason being that we need to become more process efficient. Yes, we have a heightened state of requirements that we need to fulfill for the Fifth Money Laundering Directive, but that should not be at the behest of making an efficient process within our banking and any other institution, whether it be financial or non-financial in the KYC space. Um, Of particular interest to me at the moment is the digital domain and how we interface with our clients. Typically, many people around the world will be used to having to do multiple client outreaches where we're having to constantly go back to customers when we've exhausted public and paid for domains for information. And one of the key domains that I'm working on is how we interface with our clients today. So rather than emails and telephone conversations, we're actually exploring a digital platform where clients can log on. They can, via DocuSign, sign electronically and certify documentation. They can also upload documentation in a secure cloud, and they can also pass information securely between us and themselves, obviously respecting that some information within KYC does have a confidential nature. So I only see this domain to grow in the next 10 years. And I think it's one of those main areas that a lot of people are starting to turn their attention to and heavily invest in. That is all very interesting. And going back to Deutsche Bank being, of course, a global bank, tending to a lot of different types of businesses, both retail, of course, you have your large corporates and your institutions. Are the focus to do it for all business areas or are you just starting ventured out in retail segment? Typically, many banks in the past may have focused on one particular domain, such as retail. However, KYC, as we now know it to be, has, is very wide and broad in its reach. 
therefore the solution has to be agnostic to client sector type. So whether we're dealing with large corporates, blue chips, institutions, or uh, retail individuals, as an example, the KYC obligation um, manifest one standard. What we have tried to do with building the KYC platform is to be sensitive to the fact that extra or less KYC requirements may be required. Hence, that space is uh, definitely growing. Tomo, I spoke to someone at a bank in the Netherlands, and they were describing for me their experience of trying to put a KYC bot in place. Interestingly, the challenge wasn't the technology. The challenge was actually getting people to use it. What are some of the things you think we're going to need to keep in mind more generally as a financial services sector when it comes adopting the eKYC? Indeed. I think there's, I think you highlight a very important point. Putting in various bots and technology platforms is all well and good, but it has to fit within the process and it has to be harmonized within the KYC flow. Where we see a lot of issues is the automation element then starts to either undermine a KYC analyst or it makes their lives much more difficult in terms of their constantly having to question the authenticity or the most authoritative source. Therefore, when we're designing these KYC bots, I see there has to be a real level of engagement with the um, subject matter experts, the people actually doing the job and knowing the, what problem we're trying to solve. Tactically, bots, etc., are great. They can be stood up very quickly. They can help us get over various pockets of remediation that many banks will face. But I also am a stark believer in the fact that we have to engineer a front-to-back process which is much more strategic. So reliance on them is something that we have to be careful with. We also have to bear in mind how they operate and how they interface with our analysts within the process. Tomo, I heard about a great project undertaken by one of your colleagues in Frankfurt. It was in relation to using a bit of AI around their wealth management customers. And it was a really interesting story when she talked about the journey of building it, the data she used, um, some of the great typologies and findings that came out of it, but also some of the limitations as to what the AI could or couldn't do. But that was, I understand, a very scaled project. And it seems to me one of the challenges for institutions more generally is rolling out an EKYC project, especially when you've got more than one jurisdiction to roll it out. So what are some of the things you're thinking about you know, long-term as part of that rollout to make sure the project's a success? Yeah, another very good question. Um, rollout strategy and operationalization is key, particularly when you're going across different jurisdictions or operating within. One thing we have to bear in mind is there is constant revaluation of local KYC requirements in different jurisdictions. And therefore, there's a lot of competing priorities within the various jurisdictions that we have to be mindful of. There's also various thematic areas that regulators, whether it's in Central Europe or more broadly, uh, want us to focus on. That sometimes is an antagonism to how we actually then need to bring out a new platform. When we've been looking at platforms, we've been thinking about, okay, how to get the training virtually done? How do we support our, our user base? How do we kind of get the guys invested in it? So one of the key items we have created is a champion structure. So every region has five or six people and they are the key SMEs and all of the queries, all of the training filters through them. When we look at more how we then bring data onto the platform, what we don't want to do is put bad data and bad data quality into a good platform. There has to be a scrubbing exercise. So what we have said is, well, any new business we'll put into the new platform first. It should be squeaky clean. It should be consistent, the right data structures. 
And then as we port clients over in the remediation, we have a process of migration, we scrub the data, and then we ingest the data in the new platform. That should mean that not only are we getting the user buy-in and engagement locally and across the globe, we also, they also feel part of the journey vested in, but at the same time, they're also seeing a difference in terms of data quality, and they're seeing that the old issues that we used to have in previous migrations and platforms where I think that, to be fair, we could have done a lot better, we have now addressed that, and we recognize that data in all this is key. Thank you. Coming back to data, one of my absolute favorite topics, and I have just learned that the acronym KYD, you know, know your data, is now being replaced with keep your distance. That confuses me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, coming back to knowing your, your data then, you said when you put it in, it needs to be squeaky clean and you need to have a follow-up routine on all that. Being an internal auditor myself, I feel that that's where I could find some really juicy stuff. So how, how are you then trying to really set up and scale it up? Because different jurisdictions, different rules and regulations, and then on top of it, GDPR. One, one of the, the key things that we have been doing is the core data um, doing these various scrubbing exercises to make sure that we've got a consistent set of core data. We then have the localization that is applicable to the jurisdictions around the globe. And what we've done is we've actually segregated the two, but we've interlinked them with a common file ID. Um, and what that means is a customer only has one customer number because they're only one customer. However, we can now see a representative view of a common data set that every client will have and then the particular products and jurisdictions that they may operate in, which is unique to their profile, is then tagged against it. And that means that particularly when we go through regulatory scrutiny or internal audit or external regulatory requests, we know that we've got a common data and we've got the local data and we can show both in tandem, both in harmony, and there's a consistency between the two and, and the structure. It is much more difficult as the requirements become more and more forthright on financial institutions in particular. So we're having to be very clever in terms of policy interpretation, organization of the data, and making it appropriate. So I have a friend who works in a fintech. He heads up compliance technology. And one time he said at a presentation, you know, it's a lot easier to upskill someone with tech expertise in AML than it is to upskill an AML person in tech. What do you yeah. think about that? It's definitely an interesting view. I think, I don't think he's far wrong. Um, typically, the skill set of KYC was in the past a very juniorized role. As money laundering became more prolific and regulators clamped down and there was in, more in, in, uh, legislation introduced, it became a real burning fire for many financial institutions because there'd been a period of time where they hadn't invested in people or their technology platforms. I think in today's modern world where you've got a plethora of client types, you've got different forms of money laundering and it's a heightened state of security risk. You need people that carry a skill set where they can do um, KYC. They are familiar with um, anti-money laundering directives and what to look for. But at the same time, they have that technology expertise that they can either impart knowledge into the process or the system and they can actually shape and craft a solution. Um, typically, what we've been seeing is you get a real mix of um, KYC analysts, some that are very KYC specific, but have no technology nexus and sort of versus those that are much more um, broader in terms of skill set. And therefore, not only can they do the due diligence well, spot the red flags and do the job of KYC, but they can impart knowledge into process and system, which means that we are in a constant state of 
process improvement um, and and this is going to evolve so their kind of knowledge skill set needs to fuel the evolution that is kyc and continue it on because this is not going away what's your take on on these utilities perhaps now popping up I like the concept of utilities. I think the they suffer. And if I look at some of the big names that have actually pulled out of the utility space, it's rather disheartening. Although certainly in the Nordics where you're sitting, Marie, there's been uh, actually some success, some credible success. And what they have done credibly is brought banks and financial institutions together, created a common standard. And from there, they've been able to actually mold a clear path for them to be able to gather intelligence documentation and have consistency and standardization. In certainly in the European domain and what I've seen more broadly across the globe in my various roles, uh, we the utilities suffer, and that is because they don't have that standardisation, that commonality. It is a bit of a sad opportunity, really, because in in being able to bring together that sort of standardisation of information, clearly it means better provisioning of data for everyone, but also for clients as well. Tomo, you're you're not a board and bred AML person, are you? Uh, no, I'm not. My background is uh, quite varied. So I've had a career before financial services. I've done operations. I've done technology. Uh, I have actually done the AML compliance uh, advisory role. I've also been a markets compliance officer for listed derivatives. And up until six years ago, um, I had only really known KYC to be something that I'd done in training. I've really, in the last six years, immersed myself in running KYC teams. So previous to doing transformation, I've been running the European branches, which has been a real uh, sort of sound introduction, not only to localization of KYC, but also you know how it works and then been able to then transform into uh, transformation. I get people who send me messages on LinkedIn all the time going, how do, you, how do you get in? Or I want to start changing my career towards AML compliance. What would you suggest? For those people that are looking to get into KYC, I think first and foremost, if they can leverage organizational training on it, is a good protocol. The other routine is to actually do the various exams and components that various local institutions offer. I would say more broadly, though, transformation is a good vehicle or platform to get into with regards to KYC. Typically, I would advise people to sort of really brush up on AML knowledge, the developments which are vast and very furious at the moment. Look at the themes that are coming out. So for me, a big area that I see is screening. I also see sanctions embargoes to be the next big wave within this domain. And therefore, I'll be looking for people who have that skill set or people who are willing to learn that, people who've come from you know, either regulators or people who you know, come from maybe legal backgrounds, as an example, but all have relevant experience. It's kind of relating your experience to how you can actually improve KYC. Everybody has different skill sets. I think this is a very broad and dynamic space. Therefore, I'd say everybody stands a good chance. And that's the end of this podcast of Captivated Audience. If you have any ideas or topics you'd like us to cover, or even if you'd like to take part, feel free to reach out to us on our website, captivatedaudience.eu, or drop us a note on LinkedIn. Until then, have a great day and stay safe.